When was the last time you asked yourself, is it ethical for us to record this video about our clients or for our organization? When was the last time you thought about, does this make sense for us to do this? Does it align with our values, the vision we have for our organization? you might start to think a little bit more about that after today's interview. Today I am talking to David Fu about ethical video recording. Welcome to the Surviving to Thriving podcast that helps women leaders in nonprofits get out of survival mode and thrive in both leadership and life. I'm your host, leadership development coach, Kathy Archer, and I help women leaders enjoy impactful leadership. David does video strategy and production for nonprofits. And he's not focused on those fancy cinematic videos. He's focused on simple, affordable videos that you can create for your organization that increase signups, get the people you want hired on your team, and get the donations you need. We're going to talk today about some of the things that you've probably not thought about, because I certainly hadn't about how to create ethical videos. He's gonna give us a link to a checklist that he uses, not his, but he uses, to help him and other organizations go, is this ethical? Are we on the right track? Are we doing the right thing? And you're gonna learn three simple strategies that you can walk away with to help you make sure that your organization is creating ethical videos. Let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast, David. I'm so excited to talk to you about making ethical videos for our nonprofits, because I think many of us hadn't even thought of this as a topic before or why it would be important. So welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get to where you are today? And give us a little bit of your backstory. Thanks for inviting me, Kathy. I'm very happy to be here. Um, so how do I, how did I get started? Was that the question? Yeah. I mean, you do video now for, yeah. tell us what you do and then how you got to that point. Uh, well, my company is called Nonprofit Video Comms, and uh, actually it was previously Honest Human Media, um, mm. but anyway, there was a name change because I, I, uh, I focus specifically on nonprofits. Um, that includes charities, foundations, and associations, and, and all that. And um, basically, what we provide is um, what, I, what I jokingly call the, the most boring, unsexy unflashy videos of all time because the purpose of them is to be uh, completely practical and down to earth and authentic and most importantly for nonprofits uh, affordable mm. because um, what we one of our beliefs and our principles is that um, plenty of other people are doing cinematic flashy videos but we're all about moving the audience forward we're all about getting straight to the point and moving people forward in their decisions, whether that's donations, signups, uh, applying for jobs, volunteering. Um, people just need the information and they enjoy it in the format of video. And this helps the nonprofit grow in whichever way they wanna grow. So how we got to this point was that, um, well, after, after high school, which was in 2000, through some mix of being an artist and a musician and working on the, uh, uh, working in childcare and day camp and nonprofits, I kind of just always kind of fell back into the nonprofit world. Um, even after trying to leave 
a few times to pursue other types of jobs. Um, just something, something I didn't know at the time, but something was right about it. I think it was something about the community of, of care or the types of people or, or, uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but. Um, Do you have a, a favorite client story that you can share? from back in the day when you were in nonprofit, not confident, not breaking confidentiality, but do you have a, like a favorite client or type of client or um, event that you loved? I am, I, they weren't a client. It was my, it was my employer, but mm -hmm. my favorite, 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 favorite thing I always reflect on and look back on is um, working in a social service agency, specifically, um, serving newcomers and serving seniors and serving families, um, sort of like the, the kind of social service agency that's a stepping stone to a lot of basics and essentials. Uh, just nothing but good experiences. That, that was for a good decade of my life. Wow. Yeah. To, to say that says something about the organization itself, obviously, because many people wouldn't say a whole decade and it was good. Like, nah, not, not well, everybody says that. The leadership, I, uh, I have them to thank a lot because uh, I don't know how or why. I know not a lot, a lot of people are fortunate this way, but yeah. I had the kinds of bosses that let you kind of hop around in different roles and let you do professional development and let you um, try your hand at a project on a different department and they really supported that kind of uh, hopping around and sticking and sticking around and growing and so that's cool okay so you did that and you kind of left and then you got drawn back to it what drew you back well I was starting to think about other um, things in my life trying to find meaning and uh, it turns out you know, through through going back to school for communication, through side projects in video and photography, that it was never the uh, the thing was never the 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 end for me. It was it, it was that it was something about human interaction or communication and cultural influence that kind of keeps me in the types of choices of work that I do. Um, so right, so right now I'm, I mean, this could all change in a month, but right now it seems to me that my fascination with video isn't exactly video, mm. but it's, it's power to communicate so fast and, and, uh, clearly and honestly to move people forward. Good um, video whatever good means to, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> but, um, it's power, uh, you know, same fascination I have for writing, for photography, mm -hmm. for music, but, uh, uh, video is, is for, for nonprofits right now. It's, it's good business. It's something that, um, people are kind of in the dark about and mm -hmm. I understand it and it's a, it's a really fun service. Yeah. How long have you been doing this for now? This part of it? This part of it, I've been doing video for, oh, I don't remember. But for nonprofits. Oh, for, well, hmm, let's see. The nonprofit video stuff has maybe been seven-ish years. Okay. 
but video itself has been uh, maybe 10 or so. Right. right. Yeah. But okay. our company, our company, Nonprofit Video Comms is only about two and a half years old um, as a, as a entity, as a name. And side note, when you say we and our, you're meaning you and your wife, right? It's a husband and wife team. That's right. Yeah. And your wife does? Uh, the- her part of it is uh, writing. Um, mm-hmm. So she, she has other clients um, in uh, uh, online publishing. So blogs, newsletters, uh, journalism. Uh, she has nothing to do with the video side. Right. And you have two children. Is that right? Two babies. One is three and a half. The other is uh, turning two in two weeks. Crazy. Yeah. Yes. So it's hectic around here. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) Well, and it just reminds me, I think, of, you know, when you talk about at some point you came back to why do I do the work I do? Often when we become parents or something, you know, life changes, we're like, what's the point? Like, why do I get up every morning? And, you know, I think for many of us in our nonprofits, we started with that. And man, that lost, we lost sight of that somewhere along the way. It's become a job or, you know, a paycheck or, you know, the to-do list or the emails or the meetings, but we've lost sight of the purpose. And I know that we're going to come back to that today because as we dive into this ethical video making, there's, that's a big part of why we need to have that conversation. So let's start with, I don't know, how do you define ethical video making? Ooh, I've never come up with a definition of it, but I, I can I can feel my way towards it, which is how do you, um, in any of your visual communication design and planning process, ethical to me means ensuring some basic things are in place, including upholding the dignity of the subject, um, whether that's a group of people or a particular person or you yourself and your organization. There's, um, it's very easy to uh, strip away or exaggerate or something, um, but you, what you wanna do is maintain and uphold uh, 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 dignity. Mm. Um, the other thing is that there are tools, the visual tools that uh, are not commonly known, but we feel like camera angles, symbols, colors. Those are sort of the the, the technical side and the sort of abstract side of visual communication that if you don't know it, you might be accidentally or incidentally and unknowingly um, harming yourself or others with with, uh, negative messages. I so ethical would, would mean, yeah, just having these sort of um, checklists in place. Well, and I hadn't even thought so much about it until I was listening to your podcast, maybe episode number 10. What's your podcast name again? Nonprofit Video Comms. Okay, people should go listen to it. And you were talking about, you know, you take a picture of, you know, there's this big fundraiser or something's going on and you put this person in the middle And suddenly that person takes center stage in the middle of the photograph. Did you mean for him to take or her to take center stage? Because perhaps it was the clients on either side or the community that this individual did whatever served. And I thought, oh, fascinating. Yeah. And and people aren't, as you say, consciously deciding that. It's an unconscious, oh, let's just take a picture. Oh, you hop in the middle and you guys all stand around them. 
Yeah, that's one of those sort of, uh, I think, incidental things where the setup of a photo often is, hey, can you take my camera and take a picture of us? Or, hey, uh, let's get into this selfie with me. And then you place yourself in the middle. Uh, technically, that makes sense. But what, what you don't realize is happening is um, the, the, the medium and the history and the evolution of photography for like the past century sort of culturally dictates and suggests how we, how we read a photograph. Yeah. And when we read it, we know that the center of the photograph is sort of like the, the, the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're kind of fighting against this invisible uh, tendency here. And, and that's the kind of awareness I want to bring. Yeah. Okay. So we've probably touched on it, but why, in your opinion, is ethical video creation so important? Uh, so... I'll break it up into two things. The first one is at a societal level. In, in culture, uh, there, there are always several narratives happening, discourses that are sort of uh, prevalent, ubiquitous, overlapping. Um, so for example, we can talk about um, uh, racism or sexism. And as a society, when we communicate, we in my opinion, should be uh, passing along helpful, useful messages. We should be retaining and maintaining and promoting well-being, accurate, accurate information, um, safety for all, and uh, prevent misinformation or harmful information. So when, when you take a sort of an ethical checklist to your visual communication you don't you're not participating you're, tr you're trying hard not to participate in that right you're trying hard not to um contribute to uh uh like a harmful narrative or um or or equally trying to prevent slowing down a positive narrative you don't want to be that person and so so that an example of participating negatively is, is you know, uh, somebody who's not exactly social media literate might spread misinformation by sharing unresearched information. And then after that, um, 5,000 other people reshare it. Uh, but you didn't mean to. Right. You know? And so the second thing about this is um, why is ethical important is for the organization. And for companies too, for private companies, but mm. anybody who's in charge of something that's, uh, that has as much influence and power as, say, a nonprofit organization, you don't want to accidentally say harmful things. You don't want to unknowingly contradict your, your principles and your values by putting out imagery that, that contradicts you. Mm. Um, that's, that's kind of, uh, it's not always your fault, but it's, it's harmful to the people and it's embarrassing for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into how not to do that, but when you work with people, my guess is you start there about what are your values? What are your organizational beliefs? Like what's the kind of messages that you want to communicate? 
It's one of the places. Yeah. Yeah. It's not how long is the video going to be and who's going to be in the video and you know, what's the, that's not the first part of the conversation. No, that's basically the last part. Um, Nothing matters to me when I'm working with a client until the first few things are out of the way. Um, Your values, your principles, how have you been upholding this historically? And, And then I do a quick audit when I'm not on the phone with the client of their Google reviews, their Glassdoor reviews, how do their job descriptions look? Are they actually upholding what they say? And can I participate in this? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other part of it, uh, how we start with a client is uh, just auditing their communications sort of weaknesses and strengths and looking for opportunities for uh, how to even use video. But yeah, the last thing we talk about is how long, how who's going to be in it, that stuff. None of that really ever matters until you get the uh, basics done. All right. You had some considerations about doing ethical video recording. You want to jump into those? Some considerations about ethical video recording. So uh, you mean like that checklist we were talking about earlier? Nope. Accidental hurts, uh, wasted resources, wasted emotions. Oh yeah, right, right. So, um, yeah, like we were saying um, a couple of minutes ago, is that uh, you don't want to work on a project for weeks. And actually, when it comes to video, I uh, some of it gets drawn out for months. Hmm. We're talking about back and forth. We're talking about revisions. Everyone suddenly becomes a a cook in the kitchen and has an opinion about which thing to cut or which thing to add. And I've seen this before where once all that's done and we're getting ready to post, nobody actually asked, nobody actually asked the opinion of the community we're talking about. Nobody actually understood. Some, some people offered imagery or offered, um, uh, photos of of things that confuse the viewer or go against what's being said in the dialogue. And so what happens is the, the whole project fizzles or gets tossed or ends up taking more time to revise. Now, had a bunch of um, ethical stuff been, uh, checklists were placed ahead of time, uh, we could have prevented a lot of wasted excitement a lot of um, unintentional hurt feelings from from the community, uh, wages and labor, those all those all count against your budget, whether you are aware of it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it could have been prevented, and you know, an unethical organization or company might might just post the damn thing. Mm. But I think generally, if you're a charity or nonprofit, you you're if the moment you hear that it goes against what you stand for, you're not going to publish it. And oh God, what a waste of a, uh, what a waste of uh, feelings and, and uh, labor. You were telling me a story before. And if I have to edit this part of the podcast out, I will, but about an interview with someone in a very emotional interview. And then that wasn't even used. Was Can you remind interview? me? 
Well, it was an interview with a lady you were saying and, and the, you know, they oh, recorded yeah. it. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, all that hurt for nothing. I was part of a video project. Actually, more accurately, I was leading a video project uh, to do some sort of uh, like a storytelling uh, poetry thing mm. mixed with a music video. And it was, um, we invited a, uh, a person to tell their story. And what happened was they got really, really into their story in such a deep way. They were revealing all these, these kinds of things. They got, I mean, I guess I, we created a really safe space for them to do it, but they, they got really into it. I won't tell you much more about that, but they were crying. It was hard for everybody. Um, unfortunately, the project didn't go anywhere because uh, I don't even remember. We couldn't make it work for some reason, but I wish, I wish we had at least prepared ourselves with the implications. Right. We didn't even pre-interview, you know? So that's kind of one of the, the, the things that you should put in place like who is talking what do they understand the implications of being on a public medium and do we have the strength to uphold this story uh what's our capacity for promising to finish this um are we qualified to tell it well are we qualified to um represent it well or frame it well it's i don't know when i um <laughs> You just made me think of another story and I don't remember the details, but I remember this lady had gone maybe Australia or someplace when she was, you know, newly married and having kids and was involved in something. And they're like, oh, we could video your birth and use it for training courses. And like, yeah, yeah. No one will ever see it. Right. Uh, until things change and then everybody sees it. Right. Perhaps not something you realize that you want it shared with the world. And so to your point, What's the purpose in this? Where is it going? Who's going to see it? Do they understand that? Yes, it's just on some little obscure website, but there's a chance down the road that that website, you know, could become more important. It's not like we're hiding the website. You know, if you, if it became, you know, public media, you know, out there, would you really want the world to see it? Uh, oh, Kathy, that stuff scares me all the time. It's like as a video provider, what I want to have is, sort of an assurance and controls over how to protect these visual files, these assets, mm -hmm. these recordings. And, um, but you, I mean, other than, you know, uh, signing off on responsibility and liability, you, you have to help the uh, subject understand the, even the risks involved, even if we've promised that nobody's going to see this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you just hit on something I want to ask, but anything else we want to cover on considerations? No. No. Okay, even if you get them to sign something off, that's covering your ass. That's not ethical video creation. I guess it depends on the how you had the discussion about signing off and the language of the contract. Right. Which probably then brings us into how do you, which is the checklist you want to share, right? Yeah. So um, 
for for all you podcast listeners, Kathy <laughs> and I were talking about uh, a tool that I really enjoy. It's um it's a checklist on uh, one of my favorite websites called ethicalstorytelling.org or .com. Anyway, ethicalstorytelling.something. And we'll, we'll share it in the notes. Yeah, and uh, they have what's called a pledge. So if you're a creator or a communicator of some kind and ethical storytelling is important to you, uh, this pledge acts as a checklist. Um, and I can, uh, I'll just say a couple yeah, things share off some of it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so I'm just going to, blast through a few of these uh, these uh, points in the pledge, which is always put people first. Explain to constituents the purpose of the story, where it will be used, answer any questions they might have before photographing, filming, or recording. Um, use all images and messages with the full understanding, participation, and permission of the constituent or the legal guardian. Uphold the dignity of our constituents. And that's yeah. just a few of them, and uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful list to go through if, uh, if, you, if you see yourself as an ethical or you're interested in being an ethical uh, storyteller. Yeah, it just made me think, too, about, you know, as a parent, I might be, like, totally okay with you videoing my children, but that child might be 12 now. When they're 14, somebody else may see that. Are you thinking about how that's going to affect your 14-year-old or 16-year-old down the road? And you can't control all of that. But I think the more you have some of these conversations, people might go, oh, yeah, maybe I don't mind talking about them, but I don't want them on video, right? Or, you know, maybe we'll use a different name then. Or, you know, there's different ways around it, I'm guessing, so that you're not, you know, making such a big, you know, impact. Oh, Kathy, that's, I love and hate this topic so much because it's just <laughs> such a, it's such a scary, weird time out there for um, kids and parents, especially. There's just so much uh, that people don't know or understand about the business of um, digital media and uh, identity and then future implications, how it affects you psychologically. But I, but I would say that in the situation where you're talking to a parent, one video company might, might say, you know, do you give us the consent to mm -hmm. use the image of your child and to record them? That is, as in your words, covering your ass. Yeah. And then another video maker, I, I'd like to think I'm this person, that you would spend the five or ten minutes to just to really triple ask and yeah. explain, you think this is okay now, but technology is going to change in one year from now. Your kids' opinions are going to change. Um, facial recognition is happening behind the scenes without you even knowing it. And at the end of this project, uh, the parent has uh, screamed and ran away from me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, <laughs> and rightfully so in many cases. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's resp a responsibility. Like, I know this. It would be kind of like you have the right to know about the power of the the thing I'm about to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was listening to a webinar on the new Google Maps and Apple iMac whatever is all the same, you know, you can Google anybody's house and see their house. 
Okay. People don't necessarily realize like you can see their house now. And in fact, you can go back on Google and see what their house looked like five years ago and 10 years ago. If they've taken snapshots over time, you can see a history, Uh, but they've got now license plates blurred out, Uh which is a good thing, but you can also go in and submit your address and say, blur my whole address or my whole picture out. So that if I Google your address, I can't see where David lives. I can see, you know, houses on either side, but your house is blurry. Which, you know, there's, I mean, I just can't even think of how many ways that impacts nonprofit world and, you know, family violence and whatever else goes on. But people don't realize that. And that's the the issue to me is, and why this checklist is so important. If you just go, oh, this will be fine. You're, you're overlooking so many points that what you're saying is your job to go through with them and say, but have you thought about this? Have you considered this? Have you talked to your guests about this that you're wanting us to video? Like it's not just a quick, which brings me to another point. Whose job is it to go through this checklist then? Is it the EDs or the you know marketing person? Hmm. No, that's a good question. Uh, I'm gonna think out loud here. I would I would I would think that it's whoever is somehow connected to the role to the to the work of um publishing that that project uh i guess in every case that always comes down to the 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 ed (laughs) Um, rolls down yes (laughs) um but uh huh well, you see, for me, that's uh, if if you hired me, that becomes my job, um, but also a job that I have to do sort of uh, in tandem with my client. So mm-hmm. between me and my client, we have to uh, go through this list for whoever, f- for the whole story, for the whole project, for the whoever the subjects are in yeah. in the project. Um, but I, I've never gone as far as going like, can you get your executive director in? Right, right. Uh, right. I've definitely seen clients um, say, hey, I have to run this past RVP, mm-hmm. RED, mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. um, yeah. especially when it comes to rights and uh, licenses and things like that. Yeah. And the other thing just to note, because I think often sometimes people are thinking, oh, we're doing a promotional video. But you also are talking about things like training videos, you know, you're recording staff doing something. I remember listening to maybe your podcast that you did on Cindy's podcast around, you know, this is how you go into the building and this is the direction you go. Maybe it wasn't you or somebody was talking about that, you know, like there's lots of different types of videos. So it's not just your big fancy, as you say, cinematic one that we're used to. There's lots of different ways that you can use video. We're always now popping our video on in whatever situation and filming it and throwing it up on social media real fast. And so perhaps I would suggest that this list that you've given us is an opportunity to take the staff meeting and say, Hey, you know, we, we don't just make big formal videos. Lots of us are doing videos at different times. Have you thought about these things and just a general conversation at staff meeting? I love that idea, Kathy. I haven't worked in a, in a building or as an employee in a long time. Me neither. And, uh, <laughs> so I, what you're saying right now reminds me of the, the, 
the the nice the nice days where if you had a cool tool that you wanted to bring to a meeting um, and sort of implement in, into your processes, uh, I think that's such a good idea. I don't think this. I think I don't know if there's like some copyright issue on this website, but uh, I think it looks like you can just download it and print it and stick it on the wall in all mm -hmm. of your uh, teammates' offices. Yes, without a doubt. Good idea. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to cover around ethics of video making? Um, do you think your listeners would enjoy some, uh, some sort of like three easy things that they could walk away with just as yes. a starter? Just yes. a starter? Please go for it. So of... Of all the many uh, complicated ways we can uh, Im implement ethical uh, design and, and uh, uh, storytelling, I think at least two or three, you know, if you're new to this, uh, you can um, walk away with and uh, start anytime. Um, just the starting is the most important thing. So the first thing is just think about dignity and mm -hmm. what, what that means in the dictionary, what that means to you, and just to try to, re to really clarify what that is to you, mm -hmm. especially as you communicate yours or other people's stories publicly. Right. I love that word. And I love, I, I encourage people actually go look it up in the dictionary, like literally go look it up and see what it means, because it will yeah. awaken that, you know, awareness in you. Well, yeah, you don't want to waste the, all your time thinking you know what it means. Um, and then finding out it's wrong, but, yep. uh, yeah, so dignity. Um, and that means if like, let's just give a really, really tiny example of let's take a picture of our volunteer to thank them on Twitter mm -hmm. and tell a little paragraph about their story. Yep. Does this volunteer have, um, did you give them the platform to tell their story the way they wanted to, or mm. are you forcing words down their throat? Yes. Uh, did you give, did they give you consent for their, not only their photo, but for their words mm -hmm. and for the platform that it's going to be posted on? Do they know that it's going to go on your other weird little things like um, uh, Discord or Reddit? Yep. Yep. And then how are you presenting them? Are you presenting them as uh, empowered or are you presenting them as somebody who really needed help, but there we were and saved their life? Ouch. So dignity. Dignity. Yeah. Yeah. Number one. Number two is um, please spend at least half an hour. I mean, you should spend, you know, every day of your life, but at least half an hour looking up the, uh, accessibility standards for digital content. Um, your province might actually have its own set of rules, uh, laws actually, provincial laws, but accessibility and there's things like, um, how dark is your font against a light background? How big is your font depending on the window size? How um, quickly does your site load on a screen reader? So if you want to be ethical, you also want to provide access to people. That's yes. part of ethics. Yes. yes. Um, an example is, uh, so my LinkedIn feed is, has a very 
very deep and healthy and rich feed full of nonprofit news. And then often you'll see nonprofit job posts. Hey, come work with us. We're hiring. Hey, we're looking for a development officer. And you, what, what happens is they'll, they'll post this beautiful graphic made on Canva that doesn't pass the colorblind test. Mm. And so Batman. You're making David, me pan panic about mine because the bright pink is awful. I'm sure it does not pass the colorblind test. Well, just <laughs> I'm going to check it out now. <laughs> I, I haven't memorized the colorblind test, but um, you just have to Google colorblind test. Yeah. And sometimes you can pump your um, your website links or your yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. pieces of content through, and it'll tell you mm -hmm. pass or fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so the third thing, so that was accessibility. The yeah. third thing about, uh, oh God, what are we talking about? Ethics Yeah, is um, composition. Uh, learn a thing or two about how you are composing a photograph. Um, are you putting the, uh, the wrong person in the center of the photograph? Are you... Are you, uh, you should look up the meaning of different photograph angles. A lower angle versus a higher angle yeah. says different things. And if you're saying it in the wrong way, it's, it's confusing or, or, or could make you look hypocritical. Mm -hmm. So just look up, um, actually, ethicalstorytelling.com has resources on uh, things like photography and composition right. and positive messaging. So those are three things we talked about, yeah. uh, dignity, accessibility, and composition. Awesome. Yeah, I think those are three great takeaways to get started with. And my guess is people are going a little bit like, whoo, you've given us a lot, David, to start with. Uh, and I hope that they're almost excited because it's awakened that ethics in them. If I could you know, do one thing for leaders, I would get them to remind themselves, why do you do the work you do? And if if you feel that tug inside of you, like, ooh, are we doing right by our clients? Are we doing right by our constituents? Are we, you know, doing something that's actually going to help or hinder them? Then you've awakened that. And I think that's the most important part of why we do what we do. I'm so glad you brought that up uh, to, to look at that as an opportunity for exciting change. Um, because actually I'm a lot more like you where <laughs> <laughs> the moment I read through this, this stuff, I start to panic about my own content, <laughs> but, um, but you should be, you yes. should always be on top of it. And even if that means fixing past mistakes, that mm -hmm. is, that is not a bad thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. And holding yourself and your organization accountable for those mistakes and, and maybe not even mistakes, but things that you've overlooked or you thought, oh, we could do better by that. And, you know, that's the biggest step is, okay, here's where we are today. How do we keep moving forward and do better each step of the way? A lot of people in my LinkedIn have gotten uh, surprise messages from me pointing out something wrong with their uh, or unethical about their content. Ooh. and. At least half the time, people say thanks. We're uh, we forwarded that to our marketing department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's a good attitude. attitude. Yes. Well, please send them to me if you notice mine. <laughs> I want to know. Okay, all right. you heard it, folks. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, oh my god, David's sending me all these messages. <laughs> <laughs> so 
LinkedIn is the place to follow you for sure. But anything else you want to wrap up with, tell people where there's a freebie that you're giving away too. Tell us about that. There's a few things. Well, first of all, yes, LinkedIn. That's the best, best place. Um, I'm loving that place. So just look up for, uh, for, for me uh, on LinkedIn. And then um, my website, nonprofitvideocoms.ca is a great starting point for learning about my services, including free, from free stuff all the way to the full service paid stuff, including what Kathy mentioned was a free tool. Uh, it's the first of hopefully many to come for uh, small nonprofits to learn. Should we make a video? Mm. And if so, which kind of video? And I walk you through uh, some, some ideas of uh, the types of videos you can do and how much work is involved for each one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And your podcast. Yes. So that's, that's about three weeks old now. It's uh, uh, really fun for me. Um, I think uh, Kathy might agree. It's, it's all about just educating, educating nonprofits about the best use of video marketing. Yes. So we talk about things like ethics, talk about things like how to, or myths that you should stop believing um, I think it's uh, what I'm trying to do with the podcast is be be that starting point when mm-hmm. you aren't sure about video marketing and you're a small nonprofit crammed for time. Yes. And speaking of crammed for time, yours are really short. I can listen to them while I'm making my coffee, you know, or having my snacks. So just those little quick bite-sized nuggets. And I'm like, oh, David, you're brilliant. Hadn't thought about that before. And so I hope that people tune in and pick up those little things as well. I'm so glad to hear that. That's the kind of feedback I'm hoping (laughs) for. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom, your insights, uh, and getting us to start thinking differently about our own ethics, our own morals, and then how that aligns with the organization and what we're doing out there in the world. I think more and more we need to rein it in and bring it back to that. And that's what will make us stand out as organizations for sure. Well, happy to be here and uh, accidentally scare you into uh, (laughs) being worried about your content. No worries. All right. Thanks so much, David. Thank you, Kathy. If you found today's episode helpful, then you are going to love the training library. Many women leaders in nonprofits wish that they had a coach or a mentor to help them, but they don't believe that they or their organization can afford it. Oh, but you can. Inside of the training library membership site, you will not only get access to affordable and easily accessible ongoing personal and professional development training, you will also have access to a leadership coach at your fingertips. That way, when you hit those inevitable challenges that leadership will bring your way, you'll have both the resources and the support to navigate your way through them with confidence, composure, and while keeping your integrity intact. To find out more, head to kathyarcher.com library. If you are enjoying the show, I'd love it if you could leave me a comment or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Go make the rest of your day awesome. Awesome.